Welcome to this week's edition of Leading with Confidence. My name is Confidence Selema and I'm your host. This program is proudly powered by the William Selema Foundation and the Foundation's mission is enabling education in Africa. This week I'd like us to talk on a topic I've titled Defining Success. Is there a single way to define success? For each of us, success may mean different things. Maybe you are an entrepreneur dreaming of making your first million because that will represent success for you. Maybe you are an athlete dreaming of winning gold at the Olympics. One person may describe success as being able to take his or a case to the best schools and giving them a decent life where they are well provisioned for and well protected. If we were to ask 10 different people, they'd all give you their own definition or representation because one person's idea or version of success may not be another's. Success may mean different things to different people, but there are some commonalities about success and these commonalities allow us to measure whether we are truly successful. Today, I'd like us to explore a number of these commonalities and extrapolate the various principles that define and govern success. I believe that to get to the right answers, we must ask the right questions. And so, as we begin our conversation, I'd like us to ponder upon a couple of questions which will be of great help to us. Question number one is, is success a feeling? Many people equate success to feelings and emotions, and they believe that success is a feeling that you get. They believe that if you feel happy, then you are successful and so they have reduced success to an emotional experience. The challenge with that perspective is that feelings can change and fluctuate quite often. For example, you can be feeling very jovial in the morning but feel irritated in the afternoon. Does it mean that you were a success in the morning and a failure in the noon? Granted. Success triggers and leads to feelings of happiness, joy and satiety. But these feelings are one part of what success entails. But they are not the be-all in terms of defining what success is. Remember that your success can cause feelings of frustration at times because success brings with it a weight that must be carried. For example, if you have amassed financial assets and you are deemed to be financially successful, you may begin attracting all sorts of characters who may or may not have good intentions. They may bring all sorts of business proposals, ideas and schemes, and you may face the challenge of deciphering who to trust and who not to trust. Which deal should you enter into and which you should not? Success can also make you a target for criticism and scrutiny, and this may affect your emotions in a non-positive way. The effect could be that you may end up not feeling like a success, even though you are successful. Success also tends to attract envy from those near and afar. Envy has the ability to taint an atmosphere and create emotions that are untoward. So, is success a feeling? As mentioned, success does create and lead to feelings of joy, happiness and satiety. But to limit success to emotions is to water it down significantly. Some may argue that if you are joyful, then you are successful. There are people who seem to be full of joy. They seem to radiate innate happiness, even though there seems, you know, there isn't much reason externally as to why they should be in such a state. 
these types of people have certainly achieved an important element of success, which is a positive attitude. But a positive attitude is not in itself the summation of what success is. The second question to ask ourselves is, is success the producing of results? Many people also believe that success is being productive. When someone is producing results at their workplace or they are producing results in a particular sphere, perhaps they are always releasing music or they are continually acquiring degrees or perhaps they are uh, producing book after book or business after business and so forth, such a person may be perceived to be successful. Granted, being productive is one of the sure signs of success, but is productivity the substratum of success? What if you visit a highly productive factory where shoes are being produced in the thousands every day and when you do some investigating you find out that factory makes use of child labor? Yes, there is productivity, but even productivity must be analyzed. As one writer stated, you can be successfully wrong. The third question to ask is, is your success measured against the success of others? Many people tend to be competitive in their approach to life. They always measure themselves against others. What this does is it breeds inferiority and superiority complexes. They compare themselves with others and if by their comparison they believe they are better than that particular person, then they develop a superiority complex. When they compare themselves with people that you know, they believe are better than them, they develop an inferiority complex. The major issue with comparing ourselves with others is that it can easily lead to envy and covetousness. You can look at someone else's positions, talent, looks and so forth for so long that you begin desiring that which belongs to another. This is a deep pit that eventually swallows up happiness and peace. One of the major factors that have intensified this phenomenon is social media. On platforms such as Facebook and Instagram, people post filtered photos that show their best sides. They post themselves on holiday, living their best lives. These platforms tend to perpetuate a culture where materialism is king and an unhealthy atmosphere of comparisons and competition is fertilized. Of course, these platforms themselves are not bad. It's just the manner in which many people use them that makes them a breeding ground for these negative elements. I'm not saying that people should impose their achievements and progress on these platforms. It's perfectly fine to do so. In fact, it can inspire many people and expose them to what's possible. But if you as a viewer are struggling with self-esteem issue, then what could or should inspire you can become a cause for comparison, envy and resentment. The root of this comparative nature is the instability of identity. People who constantly compare themselves to others are subconsciously trying to discover who they are. In trying to discover their identity, they look externally instead of within and they begin defining their worth by comparing themselves to others. This is a recipe for a life of constant discontentment. If you are measuring your success against what others are doing or have done, you will never truly feel like you're a success. We should measure ourselves against the potential within us. The question we should ask is not, what am I doing compared to so and so? Rather, it should be, what am I doing compared to what I'm capable of doing? The first question will most likely demoralize you. 
whereas the second one will inspire you. It's also true that many of those who are constantly comparing themselves to others do so because they know they are not performing at their highest potential, and so they grapple with lingering emotions of self-doubt and insecurity. Are you choosing to walk when you know you are capable of running? Yes, running takes more effort, but if you have it within you to run, then you should run. When you begin running, you won't have a lot of time to look around and measure yourself against other people. When you begin running, you'll become more focused on your journey than your life race. You'll stop making unhealthy comparisons, and as you do so, you'll find yourself experiencing a lot less anxiety and a lot more peace. Question number four. By whose standards are you successful? Another important question to ask is, by whose standards am I successful? The world sets various standards for various things. For example, there is a certain standard that has been set for a film to win an Oscar. There is a certain standard set for athletes if they are to compete in the Olympics. For one person, making half a million is more than sufficient and for other, is barely enough. I remember going out to lunch with my wife and daughter and as we were walking back from the restaurant, we noticed someone parking a Mercedes-Benz with about 2.5 million. It was an ultra-luxurious vehicle and we both admired it. As we got closer to our car, we noticed a stunning Rolls-Royce which was probably valued at over 5 million. The interesting thing was that the guy who had just parked the Benz paused next to the Rolls-Royce and began taking photos of it. His demeanor suggested that he had aspirations of owning such a Rolls-Royce. By most people's standards, the guy driving the Benz would be regarded as a highly successful individual. But it may be true that by his own standards, he wasn't. We joke that the person driving the Rolls-Royce probably had aspirations of owning a private jet. What standards have you set for yourself? Setting a standard is different from comparing yourself to others. Setting a standard for yourself isn't a negative thing. In fact, it's necessary for successful living. Setting a standard means that you are committing yourself to excellence and that you are serious about developing your potential. The standards you set should inspire you. The issue or challenge sometimes is that people set standards that are so low that it takes very little effort to reach those standards. When you aim for mediocre, you'll never truly become successful because you'll always be living beneath your potential. What standards have you set for yourself and are those standards setting you up for success or failure? If you're in a class of D students and you're getting C grades, are you a success even though you have the potential and capacity to get A grades? Question number five. Do you see yourself as a success even when there seems to be little or no visible evidence to support your viewpoint? It's easy to feel like a success when you are achieving your goals and life is going well for you. But when there seems to be no evidence suggesting that you are successful, it can be hard to see yourself as a success. When you are believing that you'll become a millionaire but your current bank balance suggests otherwise. When you are believing that you'll be free from alcohol or drugs so you can be totally free to pursue your dreams. But you find yourself with a drink in your hand or snorting a line of cocaine. Or maybe you are believing for academic success but you find yourself having to repeat your modules. Such circumstances can make you feel like a failure. Overcoming these negative emotions is often what separates those who ultimately succeed 
from those who ultimately fail. Those who experience failure yet continue and keep thriving to achieve their goals and dreams are the ones who become known as successful people. Such people understand that failure is not the opposite of success, but rather it is a part of success. In which camp are you in? Do you persevere despite the obstacles that come your way? Or do you give in and give up when things don't look like they're working for your good? There are no successful people who have not experienced failure at some point in their lives. In fact, most of them will tell you that when they look back, they are thankful for the obstacles they faced along the way because those obstacles helped to shape them into who they eventually became. They are celebrated as success stories, but within those stories, there are sentences and paragraphs and chapters where it didn't look like they'd achieve what they wanted to achieve. Through consistency, faith, hard work and perseverance, they were able to overcome that which was before them. They didn't give in, nor did they give up. Instead, they gave it their all, and when they fell, they got up. When it looked like things weren't going well, they kept at it and kept their spirits up. When there is little or no evidence of success, other people tend to see you as a failure. They can ridicule you and belittle your dreams. Do you see yourself as a success, even if perhaps others don't? Some people give in and give up because of how they have been viewed and the negative things they have been told by others. Essentially, they have given away power over their life stories. Are you letting others dictate your life story, or is the pen firmly in your own hand? Just because others may not view you as a success, it doesn't mean that you aren't a success. I like to say that those who don't believe the seed will believe the fruit. If you keep believing and keep working, your critics, doubters and haters will have no choice but to bear witness to your success. Question number six. Is success your warm hiding place? I was listening to a speech which was powerfully delivered by the actor Terry Crews. In the speech, he spoke about how he grew up under the terror of an abusive father and how all he wanted to do was to grow, become stronger so that he could protect his mother. He also spoke about how he noticed some residue from those experiences as he found himself shouting at his daughter as if she was a grown woman. He realized that he had missed it. He said that his success had become a warm place to hide. There are many people who use their success to hide their issues, their trauma, and other things that they need to confront and deal with in their lives. They hide behind their fame, behind their money or their positions of influence. They wear masks that disguise their pain and they cover themselves in external furnishings. Behind the veil though, they cannot truly enjoy the things they've worked for because they expect those acrimonies to heal them. They are expecting too much from material and external things. Don't use your success as a hiding place. Material positions are not able to fix internal issues. Confront what needs to be confronted, then work through internal struggles and personal issues so that you are freer to enjoy the things you've worked for. Number seven, are you on the sidelines of success? One of the phrases I've coined is, don't get so used to watching others run that you forget that you too have legs. Too many people are content to sit by and watch life happen. 
They have become spectators in a game they are meant to be partaking in. When you watch a sports game, you'll always notice that there are more people on the sidelines than there are on the pitch. This is an apt picture because it reveals how in life most people have chosen to become spectators instead of partakers. The majority of people do enough just to get by, but you must choose whether you want to just to get by or whether you want to thrive. There is no thriving to be found on the sidelines. Just as it is in sports, in life, the trophies are given to those who are on the field, those who choose to unleash and showcase their potential, those who sweat it out, risking injury and defeat for that which they love and that which they are born to do. Don't live life on the sidelines of success. Get on the pitch and live out your full potential. Well, we've come to the end of today's edition of Leading with Confidence. Thank you for tuning in. Cheers.